Well, good morning, Lydia House. Those who are here with us today in presence and those who are uh, on online remotely, we pray a big blessing on you on the Lord's Day. And um, I'd like to just open up in prayer. But before we do, we're going to have communion during worship. And you could take it individually. You could take it as a couple, as a family, uh, during the, the worship set, during the, the song set. And um, I just wanted to uh, try to uh, give you a scripture from 1 Corinthians. And it's remarkable to me as a Greek that when Paul wrote to the Corinthians about communion, they knew nothing of Passover. They knew nothing. But when he said, he says, when you partake of the cup of thanksgiving, you're participating in the blood of Christ. Participating in the blood of Christ. And when you partake of the bread... And, and we could see here um, on this matzah, it's such a good uh, picture. We're partaking of the broken body of Christ along with people all over the world. So we pray today that you're the, and I'm going to just pray this. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for all that are here, all that are watching. We pray that your presence would flood us, would flood them. Uh, we pray for our, our the, the congregation wherever they are today if they're not with us bless them we pray that your presence would flood our service we pray that you would just be here we welcome you here Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit Amen, Amen. we're going to sing a new song this morning it's called Egypt and I don't know about you guys but I love the Exodus story I always have um and this song really brings both aspects of that together. It's got a serious element about freedom, and then it has a celebration part about thanking God for what he's led us through. Amen. So God, I just thank you that we're here today, and I just pray that we would stand together in faith for what you're going to lead us through, and we just thank you for what you have led us through. forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance, the exodus of my heart. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters from my release. Oh Yahweh, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A cloud by day, a sign that you are with me. The fire by night, a guiding light to my feet. You found me, you freed me, held back the waters for my release. Oh Yahweh, you're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. into my Egypt you took me by the hand you marched me out in freedom into the promised land now I will not forget you know I'll sing of all you've done death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love you stepped into my Egypt you took me by the hand you marched me out in freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory, hallelujah, hallelujah. You have torn apart the sea, you have led me through the deep, hallelujah. Like starlight in the dark Endless miles can't conceal you Every glimmer is a spark Catching fire as you break through Oh, you're not far away You're coming close 
as I wait, you're coming close. You're like summer in the night. The sun goes down, but still I feel you. And every shadow's turning bright. Every broken heart is made new, oh, you're not far away, you're coming close, and oh, even as I wait, you're coming close. Unseen. There's no space between you and I, you and I. You are closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in. I breathe you in. You are God with us. You are here with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you are infinite, your glory has no end, Jesus, Jesus, there's no heart unseen, there's no space between you and I, you and I. Closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in. I breathe you in. You are God with us. You are here with us. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You are infinite. Your glory has no end. Jesus, Jesus. Unseen. There's no space between you and I, you and I. You are closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in. I breathe you in. You are God with us. You are here with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, you are infinite, 
Smiles can't conceal you. Every glimmer is a spark, catching fire as you break
Yes, I am In my Father's house There's a place for me I'm a child of God Yes, I am suffered for us as our example so that we would follow in his steps. And today Luann will be sharing um, uh, from Romans uh, 6, 7, and 8. And I was challenged this week by an article that said this. It said, Are you, have you accepted the twofold work of the cross? And how many Christians would understand that? Just like the cross has two beams the center beam and the side beam. 
And uh, Romans uh, 6, 7, and 8 is an essential understanding for us. So it's really great for us to go back and understand the twofold work of the cross. And Luann is going to uh, share on that today. And uh, let's pray for her. Father, we, we thank you for this opportunity again to gather. And we thank you for the, the teaching that Luann will, will bring to us. We pray you would anoint it. You would give her your peace. You would give her your anointing and your power and bless us and all who are watching. In the name of Christ, amen. Amen. Not, not used to this. Am I okay? Okay. Um, Good morning, everyone. Uh, for those that weren't here uh, last week, uh, we were going through Romans, and, and I'll just quickly recap for anybody who um, missed it. But I'd like to start out with uh, one more thing in prayer, because this is definitely what I need and what we all need, is, Lord, we just pray for your anointing. Lord, it is your anointing that breaks the yoke. Lord, it is your anointing that releases the, your power in our lives. And we thank you, Father, that you sent your son, Jesus. And we thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are, are moving us ever in the direction towards your son and your son who will present us to the Lord on that wonderful, wonderful day. And we, we thank you. We thank you for how you work in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for this morning's worship. Lord, we thank you for those who led us in worship. We thank you, Lord, that you are the head and we are with you. We are in union with you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, um, so if you didn't get a sheet from last week, they're on the table. Chris will, uh, will hand them out. And um, uh, I introduced the trees, the two trees. Uh, there's the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and we wanted to use the trees as a backdrop to Romans 6. And so we started out then uh, in Romans 5, which is about Jesus covering uh, our sins with his perfect blood. And then we skipped over into Romans 6 that we are baptized with Christ into his death and that then we rise anew with him in union with him. And so uh, we are dead to our old thinking, our old being, and our old man. We are buried with him, raised with him, and we are no longer slaves to sin. But we are also unplugged, and that was uh, the little metaphor I used last week, we are unplugged from the sin nature. We're no longer plugged in, we are unplugged, because when we died with Christ, he accomplished everything. He, he cleansed our sin, but he cleansed us from the sin nature. The old man was laid to death 
and the new man rises with us. So everything was done. When he said on the cross, it is finished, it was. It was finished once and for all time. And that, but then you say, okay, well, wait a minute. That's not what I experienced. I didn't walk away from my born again experience feeling like everything had been accomplished, like I was a completely new person. I mean, I did feel different. I felt like I was uh, in a different relationship, that I was in a different area of my life. I felt like I had been, even been delivered of things. But I didn't feel completely delivered because there were some, still some things that I had issues with in my life. This is because we haven't been taught properly and so many of us floundered around for years, decades, who knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean really, it's the truth. And we didn't know what we were doing and some of us were luckily, luckily uh, fell into groups where they had prayer ministry so we could go up and get prayer and the Holy Spirit was working in our lives so we drew closer to the Lord and he guided us it turned out to be a long path. We were kind of like the Israelites in the desert, wandering and wandering. But, you know, we slowly came. Maybe we came into a, a prayer ministry with deliverance. And so then we experienced it that way. But there's a better and deeper and shorter way. The thing about the Israelites going through the wilderness is it didn't have to take 40 years. It didn't have to be that long. They had, the only thing they had to do is believe and submit. Believe and submit. That was it. And it's simple, it's profound, it's easy, and yet it's difficult. Because if you come to the Lord later in life, like I did, you have all of yourself that's in the way all of your preconceived thoughts and notions and ideas that get in the way of who God wants you to be. I mean, does he want you to be a completely different person than you are? Yes and no. He made you exactly the way you are. He made you the kind of person you are. Your personality, all those things, your giftings, those are concrete embedded in you. But he doesn't want you to run your life on them. He wants you to be just like his son was. His son laid down his godhood and walked in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit told him what to do, what to say, where to go, how to minister. He was ever in contact, in union with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit led him, told him what to do, when and why. At least I think he told him why. Maybe not, because sometimes, you know, he doesn't always tell us why. But this is our example. So, as we went through Romans, we're no longer slaves. We're covered by the blood. We're unplugged from the sin nature, because remember we talked about the vicious cycle of the sin nature. If, if we get hooked into the sin nature, then we end up plugging ourselves back in. We become tempted, and then we dwell on that, that temptation in our minds. And our minds is really where the battlefield is. It's in our mind. 
and we dwell on it, we entertain it, and then we can step in and begin to partake of it. And then, of course, what comes next? Well, then our flesh kicks in, which we'll, we'll talk about in Romans <laughs> 7, so I don't want to get there too fast. But um, the flesh kicks in, and we want more. And then, of course, Satan, our adversary, our accuser before the brethren, says, you're so terrible. You're so bad. This is why you can't be close to God, because you're so bad. And he tells us lies that we kind of believe because we've just messed up. So now, oh, I am terrible. I am bad. And, and so then, instead of turning to God and saying, Lord, cleanse me. I made it. I'm just a dumb, foolish, stupid mistake. Just cleanse me, Lord. I'm yours. Instead of doing that, it's like we expect Jesus to be re-crucified or something because we don't do the simple thing. We do the hard thing. We punish ourselves. Well, I need to fast for a week. That'll break the yoke. Well, did God tell you to fast for a week? I mean, if he did, go for it. It will break the yoke. If he told you to do it, it will. But if he didn't, you're getting into the works of the flesh, and they're not going to reap spirit. Flesh can only reap flesh. Flesh doesn't reap spirit. Flesh reaps flesh. Okay, so we're dead to that sin nature. We want to unplug from that. He declares us free in the 14th verse. We're free. But because we're free, do we want to go on and sin a whole bunch? No. That would be silly. Goofy. We're not going to get on a crazy train. Some people, when they come to the Lord, unfortunately, they swing way overboard and they get on crazy trains. And we don't want to get on any crazy trains. We don't want to go to that far swing. So then down in verse 19, he says, we are sanctified. And in 23, we are in union with Christ. He is in us. We are in him, and we are in union with Christ, just like Christ was in union with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading us the same way the Holy Spirit was leading Christ. And that is what's so magnificent, the same power source. It's not a different power source. It's the same power source. That's why he says to us, greater works will you do when I go to the Father, because it's the same power source. So what did we achieve then in Romans 6? We were forgiven. We were made righteous. We share in his newness of life. We share in the blessing. We're healed. We share in the abundance of his life. We share in his glory, we're accepted, and the old man is dead, the new man has come. That's what we've achieved in Romans 6, and that's where we were last week. So this week, we want to go on to Romans 7. Now, Paul's audience in Romans 7 um, was primarily a, a Gentile audience. There were a few Jews but primarily it was a Gentile audience. And so he isn't going to spend a lot of time in Romans 7 talking about all the attributes of the Jewish law because that isn't his audience. And so instead, he talks about the flesh because that is going to be something that um, the Gentile audience is, is going to understand because that kicks in no matter what your background is. Isn't it funny 
that we all turn to the law even though none of us were raised in a Jewish household? I mean, really? But that's the way it is. The law kicks in. The flesh is just so enamored with doing. The flesh loves doing. It, it doesn't want to rest in Christ. It doesn't want to enter the rest. It just wants to do. The flesh is enamored with the feeling that doing does for us. What is that feeling that doing does? It makes us feel good. It makes us feel good about ourselves. It makes us feel like we're doing the right, whatever that is, the right thing. And, and it appeals to us. It feeds us is what it does. But the word says the flesh is never satisfied. And that is a sobering thought. It doesn't matter how many good things you do or how many bad things you do. The flesh is never satisfied. It will always want more and it will seek the lowest. So it doesn't matter if you're, um, I talked about last week, it doesn't matter if you're building houses for the poor, a noble effort. Is there anything wrong with building houses for the poor? Certainly not. If God is leading you to do that, then you need to do it with all your excellence, putting all of yourself into what God is leading you to do. But if God didn't say that, then go back and ask him, what do you want me to do? Because whatever you put yourself into, you want to do it with all you've got. And then God will meet you there. Even, even when you are down, make up the lack that you to leave you. You won't be forsaken. Thank you for that verse. We're not forsaken. So Romans 7. We're free from the law. We're dead to sin. Uh, our sin nature is unplugged. Verse 12 says the law is holy. Well, the law that Jesus instituted, well, if you want to get technical, the law from Mount Sinai. But anyway, Jesus was in the Godhead. Um, that law is holy. The law that God gave was holy. But what did the Pharisees do? If, if 12 laws or 15 or depending upon how you want to ferret down the all the sacrificial laws. If all those laws are good, what about the 641 fence laws that the Pharisees put in? They gotta be better, right? Yep. The more law, the better it is. The more will confine you in what you're doing. We're going to micromanage your life. And that's what they were doing. They were micromanaging the Jewish life. And so um, the law exposes sin. And the Pharisees, you know, after all, it was kind of their job, right? And uh, they liked the job they were doing. And they liked the feeling that all those laws gave them. It gave them a self-importance and a self-righteous feeling. And that was good. They, they kind of liked that feeling. They liked walking around in the robes. They were different from everybody else. Uh, they liked showing that they had uh, maybe more knowledge. Maybe God spoke to them more than he spoke to anybody else. That wasn't true. But they liked that feeling that it might be true. It might be. 
So um, the law is good, but not that kind of law. We, our members, then have a tendency to be at war with the law, which is our flesh, which I already talked about. Uh, that's in verse 23, 24. We're free from sin. And verse 25, okay, this is one I want to actually read. Not going to read as much as we did last week. And by the way, you guys were champs. If I didn't say that already, let me say it again and again. Because we had a lot of verses to go through. Okay. So um, here, he's coming down. He's talking about the bodily, our bodily members, our flesh, again, being at war. It's that hooked into that whole spiral that we go down that spiral in the sin nature. And 25. So who can deliver me from this? Who can deliver me in verse 24? Oh, thank God he will. Through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, our Lord. So then indeed, I of myself and my mind and heart serve the law of God. That's what we do in verse 25. We serve the law of God instead of the flesh and the law of sin. No longer under the law of sin and death, we are now under the law of life in Christ Jesus. So, um, there's a, I have a favorite mentor of mine who is now deceased, but he used to say, you have to go through the percolator, and for all of you under 40, that's a coffee pot um, that the water is drawn up into the spout, goes over the grounds, and then sinks back in. So he used to say you have to go through the percolator of Romans 5, 6, and 7 in order to claim Romans 8. And so we've just done that. We've gone through the percolator of 5, 6, and 7, free from sin, free from the sin nature, unplugged from its effects, and free from our flesh. We're not going to let the flesh rule. The spirit is ruling, just like the spirit ruled Christ. So therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the spirit. Amen. For the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, we are this new man, has freed me from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law could not do. Because the law actually increased the need for Christ in us. And so being weakened by our flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit, sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh, and remember that, Okay, we don't want to get into wrong thinking here. Flesh is bad. Spirit is good. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus had a body. Jesus has a body. Okay? Flesh can be redeemed. So we don't want to get into any Gnosticism here. Okay, to use a big word to just describe what I said. Um, so, so... I just, I just want to, you know, because like, remember the crazy train? You know, the crazy train's over there somewhere, and we don't want to get on that crazy train. Okay, so flesh isn't evil. God is redeeming our flesh. 
He gave us our flesh. We're made in the image of God. So just keep that in mind. Um, it, oh, by the way, the, remember, I, I should have started out with this. I'm, pause here, everybody. Um, like last week, this is a teaching, not a preaching. So question, interrupt me. Because, you know, we're on the hallelujah run here in Romans 8. You know, this is the hallelujah run. So if there's questions about five, six, or seven, about flesh, about unplugging from the sin nature, we want to make sure that any of that is covered. If there's any confusion, if there's... Yeah, Tim. So it's interesting you mentioned that because when you go down the road of the flesh is bad, you mentioned the Gnostics. There were those who said, because the flesh is bad, because the flesh is bad, nothing I do in the flesh matters. That the spirit is what matters. Right. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so if the flesh doesn't matter, you can sin all you want. It isn't going to affect your eternal life. It isn't going to affect your, your relationship with God. So there, that, that's the, the crazy train path. That that's the crazy train. Right. And there probably would have, because of Paul's audience, there probably would have been people in that church that knew that teaching uh, because that was going around. That was getting to be huge. Um, in Galatians, it, it was the return to the law. And in, in different parts of the Bible, he talks a lot about Gnosticism. And I, I won't turn there. But um, that was a huge teaching that was going on, that uh, everything was spiritual. So it, it would mean like spiritualizing all the verses in the Bible, giving them only a spiritual meaning rather than a practical meaning. Okay? And, and so that's the crazy train. Thank you, Tim. Um, so, questions? No? Everybody's good? Okay. Excellent. Okay, so um, a life yield to Jesus and we're going on in Romans 8. So sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemned sin in the flesh, subdued it, overcame, deprived, of, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So if you accept the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you are denying the flesh its power. You are unplugging it just like this in nature. And you're walking in the spirit so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Christ met every requirement as he died upon that cross. Every single requirement of the Old Testament, every single um, foretelling of the Messiah to come, Christ met in the cross when he died and said it was finished, everything was finished for all time. Past, present, future, all time, all tenses, everything is done. So Christ never has to be re-crucified. There is never anything so bad that you or anyone else has ever done that cannot be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing Amen. ever, never. Is that enough negatives? 
So, uh, which is the good news. This is the good news. This is the good news for all of us, that it doesn't matter. And you say, yes, but okay, I, I have problems, I have issues. It's okay, we get it, and we're getting there. Hang on, we're getting to those issues. We'll be right there. They're right around the corner. Okay, um, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the spirit. Our lives governed, not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 11, and if the spirit of him who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore, restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So even our flesh has been redeemed. Our perishable, short-lived lives. And as long as we don't re-plug it into that circuit of the sin nature and the flesh, we have and live in that redemption. All the time. Amen. If you, so, then we go back to the question. Well, what about, you know, what about? What about when, when we first came into the Lord? And maybe, maybe um, some of you were delivered. I know I was. When I first came to the Lord, I was delivered of a few things immediately. And they never affected me again. I was healed. Uh, my back was healed. I had uh, scoliosis as a child. And I had a crooked spine. And uh, I was... Um, 18, almost 19, and I had been taking um, a drug, uh, Darvon, it was a, a pain medication, and I had to take it in high school um, in order to do FIED, and sometimes I couldn't even do it because of the pain med. Uh, and so when I came to the Lord, he healed me right away, and the thing was, of course, I was young, I hope everybody will forgive me, I hope the Lord, well, I know he forgives me, but um, I didn't realize it at first. Anybody who has had back issues might understand what I'm saying when I said I didn't realize it at first, that I was healed, because it wasn't a daily thing. Um, I mean, like, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, do a somersault, things like that. You know, I would, I would roll crooked because my spine was curved. And so, I didn't notice, the truth is, and, and this is how selfish we can be in our living, I didn't even notice that I had been healed. I was young, like I said, not quite 19, but I went through my life, didn't realize I had been healed, never took another pill. You know, the bottle just sat in a drawer somewhere in my dresser, and I was sitting at a deliverance meeting con conference, and they were talking about being healed from back issues and um, you know uh, crooked spines and all this kind of stuff and I was like oh, I was healed I haven't had a pill since I've been born again and we're talking like six years later Whoa. Wow. 
And I, it was like, oh, I couldn't believe it. Number one, that I hadn't noticed it. I mean, duh, <laughs> you know? But I, I, I was young and I was in the midst of having babies and then God delivered me and, um, and, and then we, I went straight into a deliverance ministry so I was kinda, kinda busy. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it as I sat there. I was like, Lord, you delivered me. You healed me and I didn't even notice it. I mean, that's so bad. But in, in all fairness, I wanna say I've been bad more than once, okay? And God has forgiven me every time. My husband shaved his beard one time. I didn't notice for three months. Yes. Yes, I'm sorry. Captain Obvious. Yeah. I just, I, you know, God made me. That's all I'm going to say. Let it go. Let it go. You know? And sometimes that's what we have to do. We just have to let ourselves go. I mean, you know, it, it's as long as he, he's okay with me, I'm okay, you know? God's got it. If he wants me to change, he'll help me change. He will. He'll, he'll convict me, and he'll bring it to my attention, and he'll show me in the word, and I'll hear about it. Just like when I was sitting in that meeting, he brought it to my attention. Lord, you healed me. I can't believe it. I've been healed. I've never, and since then, and, and from, you know, always, you know, I, I hurt my back a few years ago, but that was something I did to it. It's, I've never, the scoliosis is gone. Amen. Wow. Amen. All these years, you know, because I'm old now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, praise God. I, I, you know, God is, you can't put God in a box. He won't be. He won't be closed in. He won't shut doors. He's free, and we're free in him and he's gonna lead us, and we're gonna live in him in everything we need. So, um, we wanna get back here then to the tree. Remember, life, good and evil. We wanna stay in life. And the bottom part of your sheet talks about focus, so we wanna move to focus. If you wanna put the thing up, I don't know if, that, if we can do that. If you can't, that's okay. But let's, let's move down to focus. So focus, Christ, what he did. That's where our focus wants to rest, is on Christ and what he did. We, we don't want to focus on works and what we're going to do. We want to focus, um, focus on Christ and what he did. This is our focus, to stay free. This is the ticket to getting free. This is the ticket to staying free. It's not arduous, you know, it's, it's easy. He says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If your yoke is hard, ask God what's wrong. Ask him, ask him questions. He loves questions. He wants to answer questions, ask. The next thing is our object of faith and I'm gonna move to Romans 10.10, 10, our object of faith. What are we counting on? What are we grounding ourselves into? Are we grinding ourselves into performance? 
Is that our ground on which we stand? Are we over here standing on what we can do by our strong arm? Or are we standing over here in what we can do in Christ? His finished work. So I'm going to flip to Romans 10.10. 10. Uh, 10.10. For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. And so is justified, declared righteous, acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he confesses, declares openly, and speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Amen. So, amen. amen. It is huge. It is massive because in that word salvation, it isn't just... Um, I'm being saved from my old life into my new life. But it means to be set free. It means to be delivered. It means to have all the promises of God. All the promises of God are yes and amen in him. It means to, salvation is an all-encompassing word that means we will be given wholeness in our whole lives. And so this is what we're, this is our, fin focusing on our finished work in Christ is where we're at. The next thing then is what I mentioned earlier is the power source. Okay, what is our power source? Are we plugged into self or are we plugged in to the Holy Spirit? Which is it? Are we working it out, trying harder? I can do this, you know, and see, aren't we, sometimes we get too clever for ourselves. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, well, wait a minute. Now, is Christ telling you to do that? Before you claim that verse, is that the verse you should be claiming? Just ask yourselves, the work I'm stepping into, Lord, is this something you want me to do or something you don't want me to do? If he doesn't give you an answer, then I would say go with that, whatever the, the, um, the inner witness is in your heart. Then you, if, if he isn't saying one way or the other, if you don't hear somebody talk about or speak about it, if you don't read it in the word as you're reading you know, the word each day or however often you read it, um, it, then go with that inner witness in you. And he'll let you know quick if you're going down the wrong path. He'll, he'll speak to you. You don't have to worry is what I'm saying. Don't get on the crazy train again of, okay, I'm getting up in the morning. Jesus, do you want me to have breakfast this morning? Yeah, don't get on that crazy train. You know, that's just crazy. Don't, don't do that. Okay, it, it's, you, we're not going to Jesus about should, should I file my broken nail. You know, that's just silliness. What was that? That's <laughs> There you go, that's law again. Yeah, I should. <laughs> Absolutely, that's law again. So it's, it's not a crazy train. We're just asking the Lord. You know, he says to pray unceasingly. What does that mean? It means this. This is what it means. That as we're moving through our day, we're hearing the Holy Spirit. We're praying, Lord, just show me what you want me to do. This is praying unceasingly as we're moving through the day. It's in our heart. It's our heart cry. And we're listening. 
We're open to hearing him. We're not closed. Okay, mm, you know, it's time for me to work. I, I don't listen to God between, you know, eight and five. You know, that isn't it. We want to always be open to him. And then we move in that being. That is who, how we live and move and have our being. We're in union with Christ. Okay, so what is the result then? The result, if we, if we do what we want to do, if we live in works and performance and self as the power source, then eventually we're going to get to failure. Are we always going to be in failure? No, because how much will do we have? Remember what I said about the tree of good and evil? Ah, isn't there good in there? Yeah, there is. There's good in there. There's good things to do, good ways to act. The world even knows that you, know, you shouldn't beat your children. And they have no part in Christ. They know, but it's so good. What is it? You can still, in your own strength and might, do good things. It's just the source. And if you keep going to that source as a Christian, it will end in failure. And even, even the world, you know, their, their tenuous grasp on good is just that. It's a very fleeting, tenuous grasp as they move through their lives. But with Christ, we have an anchor. We are anchored in Christ. And so we do not have a tenuous grasp. We have a constant source of power in the Holy Spirit, never diminishing, neither night nor day, never, ever diminishing, never going down. And so that leads us to eventual victory. Are we going to have victory right out of the gate? No, we're not. Plain and simple, we're not. We're not going to have victory right out of the gate. But we will get there. Um, I remember this was years back. Uh, I had, um, well, before I give that example, questions. Or maybe you have an example that you guys would like to share. It's OK. OK, we're good? OK. Do you have any questions on focus? Any questions on focus, staying free in your focus, focusing on Christ? Yeah, Ruth. Um, just as far as um, a simple example of living as, with Christ as a source, um, as a mother of lots of children, you know, you either have to have patience or you go crazy. And um, I just... Back up a little room. Back up towards the table. Okay. Okay. Um, just a practical example of having Christ as our source. Um, as we were raising our family and we had more and more kids and it's just like you have to have patience or you're going to go crazy like that was those are my two options and um, I just had enough understanding somehow without having this really explained to me mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ in me was patient yeah. so because Jesus in me is patient right now I can be patient yeah. and I can choose patience Amen. So. Amen. Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit, that's what's so wonderful. 
Um, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And remember, before we ever had the word in this format that we could read, because this was not always, you know, something we could pick up and read. But we always had the Holy Spirit. He was always there leading us and guiding us into all truth. It, now we have the, you know, it's wonderful. We have the word that we can turn to at, you know, any, any time to read and to understand and to hide in our hearts. But the Holy Spirit will lead us. He will guide you into what is truth. Yeah, Chris. Ruth and thank you, Luann. Uh, I just remembered something that Watchman Nee once writ, wrote in his book, The Normal Christian Life. And he, he said that a woman came up and asked him to pray for patience for him. And he said, well, I'll pray for you, but that's the one thing I can't do. He goes, what you have need of is not more patience. You have need of Christ. And, he, and then he pointed out that it's, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, the fruit of the Spirit mm -hmm. is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah. and so on. And uh, it's not fruits. So the more we have of Jesus, and that the Lord did that in you, Ruth, yeah. and yeah. that's what we need him to do. So that... that Well, and I like, too, that you said it's eventual victory mm -hmm. because, yeah. you know, we do fail. Yeah. But God can help us build new habits. Yes. So it gets to be more of a pattern. Yep. Yep. And he's patient with us. So. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so true. So true. Okay. So, um, so back... Uh, back to the tree. I put something at the bottom, which we've kind of been talking about already. It's kind of one of those zingy little things you put down. So, know the Lord of the book. That's what I'm saying. Is it wrong to know the book of the Lord? Certainly not. That's the word of God. But there's, and, and this is hard for us to think about, but there are lots of people in the world, lots of professors, that know the book of the Lord that don't believe in Jesus Christ at all. They're not born again. Yeah? Yeah, that, that's such a great point, because like, uh, Dennis Prager will debate an atheist. And, and often well, an atheist is willing to debate a Christian, and they know the word. Yeah. That's such a good point, but they don't know the Lord. They don't know the Lord, yeah. yeah. And so that's why, back to focus. You know, know the Lord of the book. Yeah. Know the Lord of the book. Did, you okay? Did you want to say something? Okay. Okay. So, um, my, my example when we first started then was uh, something that was happening recent. I wanted to share something recent and relevant and how the Lord had brought me up short um, with that word in Chronicles. Uh, you know, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven. I will heal them, forgive them, and heal their land. 
and and I knew in my heart that as I uh, I talked about this last week, so I suppose I better reiterate a little bit. Um, I had gotten caught up, and this is what we do. This this is how we little sins, you know, just creep in. Um, I'd gotten caught up in listening to all the stuff on TV, and it angered me the way, and, and one might say in a righteous manner to a degree, okay, let's not go overboard, but it angered me that people were, well, I mean, it's to a degree because the outcome wasn't good. So uh, that's why I say to a degree. Um, because people are, they're, they're rioting and they're doing all these terrible things. And uh, hatred, when, when, you could, when you saw them speak, when you looked into their eyes, you could see hatred. I mean, there was hatred in their eyes. I, I believe there were demon presences behind those eyes. I believe those people were filled with the powers of darkness. They, brought, they spewed out hatred and violence. And uh, in the spirit, we can see that. It's very discernible. When you are a Christian, it is so discernible to see hatred, to see demonic presence in someone else. I mean, it is so evident and discernible. Um, when, you, when you see, it doesn't matter. There's no time or distance in the spirit. So I can be watching someone give a speech on TV, and I'll go, no, that man is in the power. Right now, he's speaking through the power of an, the enemy. This is, this is not just him. He's being influenced. And you can see it, and I, as Christians, we can see it. And so all this was happening, and of course, I'm not trying to just just setting up the story. And so, but I, I became angry, which is okay if it's for righteousness. Not okay if it starts being directed towards specific people, you know? And where Christ wants us to be if we're not willing to lay aside, yes, we hate evil, okay? That goes without saying. That's what we're supposed to do is hate evil, but not hate the person. Through the love of Christ, through staying plugged into the right power source, we can pray. We can pray for these people to be to have their ears unstopped, the, the scales on their eyes removed, and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I can see no better time ever in history than right now during this crisis to pray for every single person who holds any position of power. I think we should be praying for every single person, period, who doesn't know Jesus Christ but especially those in power, that they would be flooded with the power of Jesus Christ, that they could not even uh, stand against it, that literally he, he says that he will lift up a banner and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I believe so many times we look at that verse and we see it as a defensive verse. 
Uh, I'm lifting up a standard, so you know, the enemy can't prevail against me. What if it's the opposite? What if it's an offensive standard? And the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. As we pray forth the Holy Spirit into these people's lives, breaking the powers of darkness in our own lives and in theirs, so that we can walk through focus, through uh, the Holy Spirit, through believing in what Christ has done for us, we can walk it in, our, in ourselves and we can pray for them. All of the Christian church uniting together praying for our world that we have authority over. We vote in this country, therefore we have authority over those who are in authority over us. We are submissive, but they also are submissive because we are the ones putting them into power. And so we have then actually a responsibility, according to the word of God, to pray for those who are in authority over us. And I believe through the church uniting, through each one of us uniting, not only will we solve some of our own issues, but we will break forth into that revival that all of us believe is imminent. And I believe this is the beginning of the, those gates of hell not prevailing against us. And so that's, that's it, folks. <laughs> but but um, I want to pray. I want to pray for us. Um, Remember whose you are. You know, remember whose you are. You, you are the Lord's. Remember whose you are. Lord, I, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, that you would lead each one of us. You want to bring each one of us into a greater depth, a greater fullness, a greater understanding of who you are. And I thank you for that personally, Lord. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you have brought me into a place. Am I perfect? No. Uh, if I turn on the TV, do I start going uh, towards anger? I do, and I shut it off. And I ask you to forgive me right away. Be quick to forgive and quick to repent. Lord, help us in our daily walk and help us to remember to pray for others. I believe, Lord, I believe that your revival, your great awakening is coming. I believe it has even begun now. And I believe the great gates of hell will not prevail against it. But your people, your people who are called according to your name will move they will move in their spirit, bringing your Holy Spirit as they pray into all corners of our country and the world. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We offer ourselves, Lord, as instruments of righteousness for your good pleasure, for your work in the kingdom. And we ask you, Lord, to use us and as we yoke together with you, Jesus, that we will plow the ground that needs to be plowed to receive your seed. 
We pray, Lord, that your seed would be received, that the ground would be fertile, and it would grow, and that your seed would bring forth a crop 30, 60, and 100-fold in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would lead and each, each of us and guide each of us in our families, Lord, because it starts within. It starts in us and moves out. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that you reveal yourself to us. Moment by moment, you reveal yourself to us, day by day. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, and I give you all the honor and all the glory. And amen. amen. Questions? Anybody have questions? Anybody like to share a testimony? Testimony? And if anybody would like to share a testimony, if anybody has anything to say. I have something. Um, I don't have a microphone. They want it on the tape. Okay. Um, a verse that, a verse that, um, I memorized was Psalm 100, or excuse me, Psalm 50, verse 23, and it goes, he who sacrifices thank offerings honors me so that I may show him the salvation of God. And it really, when you had brought up the salvation piece earlier, it's interesting that throughout our day, we can, in fact, ask God to show us um, ways of salvation for others and ourselves because it's not one salvation yes the cross is of course the salvation of our sins but then in, like you have said Luann it's a process to have salvation for our sins and, and for others to show um, the magnificence of God through his righteousness over and over and over and over and over again and I thought that was so powerful that he who offers thank offerings, or he that sacrifices thank offerings, especially in the morning, when our focus is on that. So we give the sacrifice of praise. Yeah. We give the sacrifice of praise. Amen. I have one thought I'd like to share, and it's from Paul, from Pastor Paul, and yeah. it was talking about when you're talking about how we can get a victory in the flesh and stuff, you yeah. know? And he talks about how, it's a simple term, it says that your um, diet shapes your appetite, mm -hmm. which we usually think is the other way around, you know, that what yeah. we're hungry for, we'll eat. But if you can force yourself to change a little, yeah. and when I heard that, I started thinking of all the different countries, and you ask people in 100 different countries, what's your favorite food? Yeah. Probably completely different yeah. from what we would want. But if we went there and started eating that, we develop a taste for it. Yes, absolutely. And, and yep. so I don't know. I just thought that was really helpful to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Um, let's see. I'm going to. Oh, well, I want to also mention here maybe um, struggling to enter the rest. You know, as we're working through issues, they can really be a struggle. Some issues actually need to be dealt with moment by moment. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a moment-to-moment -moment thing. We literally have to rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit in a moment-to-moment -moment degree so then it can enlarge and go minute-to-minute, -minute, you know, 10-minute to 10-minute. I mean, some things are really bad. When you're dealing with certain things, there can be issues, especially in the mind, um, where it's, it's a moment-to-moment -moment kind of thing. But God can meet you there. I've been met there, and God can meet you there. He can give you the strength you need in that literal moment-to-moment, -moment, you know, 20 minute to 20 minute, hour to hour, you know, three hours to three hours. That long path, sometimes it's a long path that you take to freedom. But he can meet you there. I've been met there before, and he can meet you there. Or sometimes the path is different than that. Sometimes it's a, it's a path where we reprogram our thinking. And, and so the path is, oh, I want this because I'm used to this. You know, like I'm, I'm, right now in my head, I'm thinking eating, you know? Um, it, um, when when uh, I had to, you, the thing is, is you have to come into, let's just face it, I mean, you have to come into living in the Holy Spirit in every single aspect of your life. And one of those aspects is the flesh, and one of those aspects is eating. And I remember um, this one time in particular, I was sitting down, and I'm like, ooh, this is a nice time for a snack. Wait, what? What am I thinking? Snacking and time have nothing to do with each other. Am I hungry? This is silly. You know, was that me talking to me? No, that was the Holy Spirit talking to me. He was showing me, what are you doing? Think about it. You know, and so sometimes we have to, uh, we have to reprogram is what you were talking about. You're talking about the taste buds there, but it's the same thing with the mind. Reprogram that mind then to go in a different direction. You know, are you really hungry? You know, really, I'm not hungry. So I'm not going to eat now, no matter what time it is. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's for different venues call for different answers, but the Holy Spirit will lead us. And we can always ask, you know, a spouse to pray with us or a friend, or we can go for prayer, you know, and ask for prayer. I know it means humbling yourself, which I know is always difficult, but I always figure out that the um, being free is so much more important than the few moments that I experience humbling myself. And I've never regretted humbling myself. I mean, if you can keep that in mind. I've never regretted it. So, do you, Yeah, any other questions? Okay. May the Holy Spirit uh, bring to remembrance what we learned today and, and, and learn from the past. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we, we've heard all this stuff at times, but it's not focused on in the church, and it's fundamental uh, to the normal yeah. Christian life. May he uh, convict us when we're plugged into the sinful nature of the flesh, mm -hmm. and um, may he, the Holy Spirit 
uh, speak to us, even this week, and give us um, much more understanding, specifically, practically in our own lives. And may we continue to pray, like Luann said, to um, for our leaders. You know, our, our the Washington and here in Minnesota and uh, and uh, our cities. If there's chaos reigning all over, um, let's pray for our church for unity and uh, to hear the Lord uh, directing us and for uh, the persecuted church all over. May we pray for that. And uh, so may the Lord bless us and keep us. And uh, may his uh, presence and his peace fall upon us, his shalom. And uh, may he fill us this week with that. And may he also give us more trust to understand that he... Uh, he will keep us from stumbling, the Holy Spirit, and that he will bring us into his presence with joy, and that he who started the work in us will complete it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, we can...